Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners, ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads. Love where you live. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer. Now, this podcast is a bit late this week. You know, I always felt guilty when we had to step away from work for a few days. And I decided to plan a fun fall break and just enjoy the time with our kids and not feel guilty about it. Our kids get an entire week off for fall break, and this is the week, last week. We went to Zion National Park again because we stopped through so quickly at the end of our summer vacation because my husband needed to get back to his brand new job. So we barely got a chance to explore any of it. This time, we did some really fun activities, some horseback riding, which my daughter chose, a sunset jeep ride, some skeet shooting, and tons of hiking. Honestly, it's one of the most beautiful places I have ever seen. I have no, I had no idea all these years that such a beautiful place was only a seven hour drive away. So that is why this is coming out a little late this week, but better late than never. So this week, the questions are about how to deal with a toddler who insists on throwing their cup and a toddler who is only having pee accidents, not really an accident, when he's upset or angry. So I'll cover how to deal with that. Then at the end, as is my new habit, I'm gonna talk about my latest, biggest parenting challenge of the week. And this one is or was a doozy. Our first question about cup throwing from Helen, and she wrote, Hi, Erin. I love your podcast. I've been listening for about a year now, and I'm finding it really helpful, so thank you. I have a question regarding my 20-month-old daughter's behavior during meals. For the last six months, at least, she frequently throws her cup with the water or milk in it. She throws it really hard over her shoulder behind her after she has asked for it or been given it and has taken a few sips to drink. Frequently, the cup with the lid will explode, sending milk everywhere. She sits in a high chair with us at the table. 
I've tried various approaches to stop it and nothing works. Before we give her the cup, I often say, please put the cup on the table when you're finished. Sometimes she does do this and we give her praise for doing so. However, often she still throws it. I've tried saying no firmly when she had thrown it. We try to say calmly the cup stays on the table after she has thrown it. I think she looks for reaction as sometimes she gives me a sideways glance before throwing. So I have tried to just leave the cup on the floor and not react, but often I have to clean it up if it's milk. She seems really interested when we clean it up. Just for a background, she doesn't throw it if she drinks while out of the high chair, standing or walking around. She is a very happy, loving little girl, but has a very persistent temperament. Any advice would be welcome. I'm sick of cleaning the floor constantly. Thank you, Helen from London, UK. So for Helen, it does sound like she's interested in this cause and effect, not that just the reaction she gets from you, but the whole thing, the gravity, it falling to the floor, it's splitting apart in the liquid going everywhere, followed by the cleanup. So that's a lot of stuff and action she gets to create from throwing a cup. So young toddlers are generally very interested in cause and effect and especially their own. So what can I do that has an effect on my world? They get a really big kick out of this. So here are some options. Number one, you can try to find a cup that screws on or pops on very tightly and won't split open. That will lessen the effect. No breaking open, no spilling, and no cleanup. Number two, give her one chance and one chance only at mealtimes. If she throws it, she doesn't get it back during that meal again. You can even implement both of these together, number one and number two. Number three, help her use it or keep your hands very close by and then take it from her when she's done. She'll likely not be happy about it, but the rule could be you help her or she doesn't get to use it. Now you could implement this if number one and number two combo doesn't yield the results you would like. Number four, you could not allow her to use it at mealtimes at all until she stopped the habit. So let her drink before and after the meal, but not when she's in the high chair. Try again after a week to see if she can get through the meal without throwing the cup. If she throws it, you go back to drinking before and after the meal, but not during from the high chair. In general, you wanna stick with using positive language by this. I mean, stay away from using the words no, don't, or stop in your instructions. So young toddlers can have a hard time with these phrases because don't throw the cup or we don't throw the cup or no throwing the cup or stop throwing the cup can be hard to turn the language around. They hear and understand throw and cup, but then they have to turn it around to the opposite. And sometimes that's a lot of language to decipher at such a young age. So like you were doing, the cup stays on the table is the best way to let her know what you do want rather than what you don't. Now, if it were me, I would use the number one, number two combo. I would find a cup that basically is indestructible, that won't pop open when she throws it, as well as implementing a one chance policy. Throw it and you don't get it back the rest of the meal. We'll try again next meal. If it continues after a week and it's really bothersome to you, I would then implement throw it and you're done eating. When you throw the cup, you're telling me you're finished. When we eat, we follow the rules of the table, but it's getting tossed and not spilling, then hopefully it won't be as big of a deal. So Helen, I'd love to hear how these go for you and what you choose. So the next question is from Lennis and it's about having accidents on purpose when the toddler is angry or upset. Lennis says, I've been listening to your podcast and have learned so much, but I haven't seen this specific question answered yet. If it has been, please direct me to the podcast or lesson. 
My son is two and a half and peeing on the floor or other inappropriate places when he's angry. He potty trained at 24 months and will very rarely have a real accident. But if he's mad or angry about something, he will take down his pants and pee on the floor. I feel like I've tried everything to get him to stop the behavior and nothing works. I tell him that pee pee goes in the potty and that if he needs to go and that he needs to go in the potty. He is a strong-willed and defiant kid and has been since he, oh, and has been since he turned a year old. He is speech delayed and has mild hearing loss from fluid buildup in his ears. We just recently found this out. He's starting speech therapy and we have an appointment soon to get tubes in his ears, so hopefully this helps with the defiant behavior. He probably is extra frustrated because he can't communicate like he wants to, but the peeing everywhere is driving me crazy. He has a younger sister who's 16 months old, so it's hard to be on top of him all the time and to prevent him peeing when he starts taking his pants off. He definitely knows that pee-pee goes in the potty. It's one of the few questions he can answer to me that isn't a yes or no question. I'm frustrated and tired of cleaning up pee everywhere. Please help. Lennis. Well, hopefully the tubes will help and that could be a contributing factor, but I think it would be really helpful to dive into the behavior a little bit deeper. Defiant behavior is a sign of revenge, that there's some type of resentment going on. So it's best to work on getting to the bottom of that. So I would really focus on and think about what is happening during these times that this is the behavior he's choosing. It's his way of letting you know that he's not pleased about something and wants to get your attention. So I would start making some mental notes, or you can even write it down in a journal just to keep track of it. What's happening just before this happens? Is his sister getting attention? Is he not getting something he wants? Now, I'm not saying this is an acceptable behavior, but just that it's his way of communicating that he's feeling resentment over something going on in the current situation. So you're right that without the ability to communicate, it's hard for him to share his feelings verbally, and therefore he may be choosing this as the way to get your attention and let you know that he's upset or hurt or angry. So think about what's happening during that time and then work to circumvent that. So if it's that you've set a boundary around something he wants to do or have or eat, then work on that. I understand that you're frustrated that you cannot have a snack before lunch. It will be ready in a few minutes. You can give him some options on how to share that you find acceptable. He can stomp his feet, run around the couch to get his frustrations out, hit the couch pillow, give him some options. Then you can just stay close in that moment to work on the peeing issue. If you know what the trigger is, then you'll be able to be there in that moment and just give your attention in that moment to work on a different go-to behavior for him. Because, and this means when you have that trigger, you won't have to follow him around constantly because you'll be able to predict it in those moments. Now, the other thing you can do is expect him to clean up. He won't do the best job, but if it's annoying enough to have to clean it up, then he'll stop. He gets the towel, he gets to wipe it up, and if his underwear or pants are wet, he gets to change himself, putting the soiled clothes in the laundry and getting new underwear and pants. So you'd want to give a warning during a quiet time. I know you get frustrated sometimes. We all do. But you know pee goes in the potty. The next time you pee anywhere that's not the potty, you will need to clean it up yourself. Do you understand? When that time comes, if he refuses, meaning refuses to clean up, he does not get to do anything else until he's cleaned up. No snack, no lunch, no playtime, 
no toys, what have you. It may seem a bit harsh, but if he's normally fully potty trained and you're tired of cleaning up and he's choosing to deliberately make a mess, then he gets to give his best attempt at cleaning up the mess. It may mean a few tantrums and outright refusal the first few times. That's expected, normal, and okay. Just let him throw the tantrum, work his way through it, and let him know you'll come back when he's done. Once he's calm, then you coach him about how to clean up and each of the steps. Taking the towel, wiping it up, throwing it in the hamper. It won't take long before he stops doing this because there's no longer a payoff. He's not getting attention for it. He should be getting attention for other things. Outside of a little coaching the first time or two, and he has to clean up a mess, which takes time away from other more fun things. This should circumvent this happening in the future. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. My favorite thing about Armoire is all the different style and occasion options from casual to athleisure to night out, work formal, work casual, a total of eight different occasions, three weather options, and 11 categories, including accessories, outerwear, and blazers, just to name a few. With Armoire, you can always have something new to wear without the hassle and closet clutter. You know the feeling. You open your closet, it's full, but you have quite literally nothing to wear. You're bored with everything in there. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothes for every occasion. Whether you're planning your outfit for date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off the first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash parenting. That's armoire.style. A-R-M-O-I-R-E 
style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. So from my parenting challenge this week, and we're still right smack dab in the middle of this one, and it will take some time to resolve, and I'm going to do my best to share the details that are pertinent and leave out those that aren't or will make it too long and meandering. But the basic gist is that my youngest son is having a pretty bad year at school. He and his teacher are just not meshing at all. Yes, this is the son with the ADHD diagnosis. And I will say I've realized over the years that our local public school is not the best fit for him, but he has never complained. He did really well despite his struggles to listen, follow directions, stay focused on his work at times, not talk out of turn, or having enough time to finish his work. When, oh, when he, oh, enough time to finish his work when he wanted to add more detail. He's very detail-oriented. He likes to really go into a lot of detail on some of his work and projects, which is actually a great asset, but it doesn't really work well in the public school system where they have a lot of things to go through and get through in the day. They don't have that extra time to allow him to put the detail into his work that he would like to and doesn't always get it finished. So his teacher last year was amazing and has been by far the best fit for him. He finished the year above grade level in math and reading and genuinely enjoyed school for the first time. Now, I didn't know this, that this was the first time he was enjoying school because he never told me he was unhappy. And, you know, I wasn't a big fan of his kindergarten teacher myself, but I thought he loved her because every day he would run up to her and say, hi, Mrs. Yamamoto, and give her a huge hug. So I just didn't ask and just kept my opinion to myself. But this year has been particularly tough and a particularly bad match with between him and his teacher, and he's extremely unhappy. She's been coming down on him very hard, a lot of which I don't even want to go into the details because a lot of it is really petty and some of it was stuff that he was falsely accused for. A lot of details in there I don't really need to go into, but the biggest problem for me is his grades have been slipping, especially in math. Because he was above grade level at the end of the school year last year and now he's really struggling and we're only two months in. My biggest struggle is there was no communication about that just about behavior, daily emails about behavior, but then the test came home and it was a really poor grade and nothing about that. I had to call a meeting about the grades. But a couple more incidences in false accusations and I just decided I was really done. I wanted him moved out to a new teacher. And so I requested a transfer from the principal. Now she wants to do a meeting with all three of us, which I was willing to do up until that point of the false accusation and starting the day out by yelling at him for something he didn't even do. So I went back and I just insisted on the transfer, and she still insisted we all meet. So after several sleepless nights, while we were away on our vacation, because this happened the day right before fall break, and doing lots of research on my phone at midnight (laughs) to figure out what options we had, I knew I just cannot keep him in that classroom. My instinct is that this is just a bad fit. It's not going to get better. So regardless of whether the transfer is granted, and on top of that, I just want this kid to have a good long-term solution and not worry every year if he'll get a teacher who will not see him for who he is or have the vision and patience to leverage those strengths. He deserves to enjoy school, or at least most of it. It shouldn't be a miserable chore and a terrible experience. 
or pretty soon he's gonna learn to hate school. And actually he's so miserable, he's actually willing to leave his friends and the school where he's been going now onto his fifth year. So where we stand right now is we're going to tour a school that in theory sounds like an amazing fit. It's much more child-led with project-based learning, Teachers see themselves as facilitators in the child's learning experience rather than as the authoritarian who has to keep everyone on task. Now, surprisingly, my other two children also want to tour the school, and I was shocked. And actually, I wasn't even going to ask them, but when they heard me talking to Chandler about it, they really wanted to go too. Now, our oldest is the most tentative, understandably, and I've told them all they can each choose what they want to decide after the tour. The drop-off and pickup times are different so I can manage it. I just think in this instance it's really important that they each make their own choice. For my oldest, he's always struggled with boredom. He seems to hit the top levels and our current school just doesn't have anything in place to teach or offer materials above grade level. Now, last year, he was testing at a seventh grade math level in fourth grade. So every year, he's been so bored in math and social studies. So this school could solve that problem for him as they allow kids to work ahead to their abilities and interests. For my daughter, she was super excited about their art and theater programs. She loves to draw. So like I said, we're still right in the middle of dealing with this, how we're going to resolve this. And my son does have to go back to school on Monday and Tuesday with the same teacher. But I'm really hoping that this little struggle that we've had has led to an awakening that was just the push that we needed to make this change. And it has a fairy tale ending. No school is perfect. We'll see how they like the tour and if any of them decide to move over. But I'm definitely very hopeful and I'll update as we get further along. But I think a couple of lessons I learned here is I've learned that we definitely need to advocate for our kids and not always assume that the teacher knows best for him or her. I'm certainly not knocking teachers. My oldest has had some of the most amazing teachers, which is why I never felt the need to move him even though he was bored in some of the subjects. They did everything they could to engage him and teach him as far ahead as the district or school policy would allow, or as far as I'm aware. I think that there's a lot of pressure on teachers, at least in public schools, to impart certain concepts and doesn't allow for a lot of wiggle room. And so for most teachers, doing something different or extra for kids who don't fall in the middle is just too much. I think they also experience a lot of burnout. And unfortunately, none of these circumstances is good for many of the kids. But I think I just learned that I really need to ask my kids a lot of questions and not just assume because they aren't saying much that they're happy. Now, my oldest will tell you every single thing that's not perfect. Remember, I shared a couple episodes ago that he falls on what we call the realistic or the negative side and the temperament trait for general mood. So that's what that means, that he'll share every little negative thing that happens. But Chandler's the opposite. He's that happy, lucky, grateful guy and everything is great. So I learned I really need to ask him because he'll just put up with almost anything and not complain. I also realized that obviously I know my kids better than anyone and I always knew that traditional school system wasn't great for him. But since there was no complaining and I didn't really know or take time to learn of any other options, that I just let it go, no harm, no foul. So I think, you know, sometimes we just sort of throw our hands up and think there aren't any other options or that I don't have time or I can't figure it out or 
there just it isn't an option available. This is all we've got. But there's always an option. If we're persistent, if we really want to figure it out, there's always an option to fix a problem. And it's so important to be resolution-minded. And just another example of this is actually I got a great testimonial from a parent just last week about the sleep class. She was really struggling with her four and a half year old for two years with bedtimes. He would get up, he was always asking for something, one thing after another, for water, for a hug. He was constantly getting up, taking over an hour to fall asleep. He just wouldn't stay in his room. He would actually get up, run around the living room, laughing as they tried to catch him and bring him back to his room. So it was like a whole game. They were getting really frustrated about it. It was really hard to keep their calm. But Anna signed up as a member and watched the toddler sleep class. And what she said was she was unsure if it would work with a very strong-willed preschooler. She said the first night was the hardest, as I had mentioned in the program, but by the second night, she saw a dramatic improvement. And by night four, he was no longer coming out of his room. She said it's been over a week of him staying in his bed at bedtime and putting himself to sleep. She said, my husband and I could not be happier and I only wish I'd tried this a year ago instead of going to bed upset and frustrated with their son and probably him with them. They have a relaxing and loving bedtime and everyone is getting much more needed sleep. And I just love testimonials like this. When I get these, these just absolutely make my day, my week, because it's why I have done and put so much work into what I do. I love being able to help parents find those solutions, be solution-minded. And sometimes, obviously, I forget to be solution-minded in some instances. And I have to remind myself to be solution focused because that's why I'm here. Always remember there is a solution to every problem. If we just dig in a little bit, we'll find it. And that little investment of time in the short term, in the current time, is well worth the investment in the long term for so much better relationships, outcomes, enjoyment of life for years to come. To see samples of any of the 50 plus classes, including toddler bedtimes and sleep, and the temperament class where I teach about the nine traits, including the general mood, how to support and deal with each of these traits. Or to become a member, you can go to the website at yourvillageonline.com. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, you can send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week.